0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Bradford White Water Heaters. Plumbing pros, when it's time to choose a water heater to install for your next job, whether it's residential or commercial, go with a product that is built to be the best. Go with Bradford White Water Heater. How you heat your water matters. Choose Bradford White.
1: Welcome back to the Not Dead Yet Podcast. Tim, how you doing today? JP, I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing fine. Doing fine. How was the big weekend?
1: Pretty good weekend. Um, you know, my wife and I celebrated our anniversary this past weekend. So we uh spent some time together, whining and dining and running around and doing a little shopping here in Scottsdale, but getting ready for the trip back north here in a couple of weeks. How was your weekend?
0: Good. Good. First day it reached like 80 degrees and yeah. uh, nice to get out, played a little golf. Um yeah, it was good. Did
1: some yard work. Yeah. You getting the boat ready? Are you getting the boat ready for fishing? Still in storage. And you uh, need to uh head up north to uh the Minnesota area, all those lakes up there. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Get Eric, <laughs> get Eric to uh take us to one of his uh favorite spots and we'll go catch some walleye.
0: Yeah, and, and you know You mentioned Minnesota, that's kind of a little lead-in to our next guest who (laughs) resides there, and we'll bring him in. He is the president of Mr. Peck's. Jan Anderson, Jan, how you doing?
2: Good, good. Thanks, gentlemen, for having me on.
0: I guess, you know, the first question I have, (laughs) and I think our audience and listeners want to know, are you Mr. Peck's? i am well i am
2: (laughs) i am mr pex jr at this point right
0: how did that name evolve and how'd that come
2: about you know that's kind of funny because i go around and and uh, talk about mr pex and if people don't know the name already they're kind of like mr pex what the heck is that and so Mm -hmm. forth well let me tell you there's a story behind that yeah and you know that so the the founder of mr pex is uh, Thomas Lenman, and uh, you know Thomas Lenman actually was the gentleman that brought Werstbo over here from Sweden in uh, 1984. Oh, wow! And so he actually gained that nickname back in the 70s, even, and uh, you know way back when the Pex A was actually introduced by a gentleman by the name of Thomas Engel, uh, who came up with a patent of actually cross-linking polyethylene in the Engel method. Then, because he came up with it. Um, you know, he sold patents or rights to the patent for um, production to a bunch of different companies. And, you know, there was only about two companies that came out of it with uh, the with actual production process. And, uh, you know, Wurzbo and uh, Rayhow actually came out with a PEXA angle method product at that point. And so... Uh, when Worshbow when was going to actually start that production process, they needed an engineer to do it. And uh, so they hired Thomas Lenman in 1971, and mm-hmm. he uh, was in charge of actually making it a production process. So he did that and as the product then was being introduced and there was listings and approvals needed of course in the industry he went around and and met with all those different you know agencies and uh he was the guy toting miss toting pex all the time yeah and so he ended up gaining the nickname mr Pex. and so ah. um so yeah so anyways he ended up um, you know bringing bringing the pex a product to the united states um via worse uh in the 1984 and and, of course, he established uh, the name now known as Upanor, but, of course, it started out as Worshbow. And um, he built a factory in Apple Valley and all that stuff. So he established the name of, of rating floor heating quite a bit early on and so forth. Um, you know, fast forwarding a little bit to the um, the end of the 90s he ended up getting an opportunity actually to to start his own company and uh you know starting a new a new product a new pex a product um that is actually produced in sweden and uh him gaining the uh the rights to that product in the united states started his own company and he felt well everybody knows me as mr peck so why not mr Pex systems right so in 2001 he started mr Pex systems and so that's kind of how that name came about and uh you know, funny thing, I, you know, I came from Sweden as well, um, in 1984. So my family moved to uh, the United States, uh, in 1984, got to know Tomas and his family. Um, he just launched Wurstbrot out of the basement. So can you imagine that? Mm, what Worst opener is today <laughs> coming from the basement of, of just Mr. and Mrs. Lenman, uh, essentially at that point. Right. And, uh, so he, um, so we became friends and, and, uh, um, you know, after a little while, I was just a young squirt. I was 18 years old when I came to the United States. And and uh, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. But um, I I went to school to be a mold maker for plastic injection molds and uh, you know, doing tool and dye and things like that. My dad did that. And that's how we came to the United States when I got a job over here. And so after, after trying that out, um, when we got here, I kind of decided, you know, I want to do some other fun things. I was playing guitar at the time. And uh, so I was doing some some band things and went to guitar school in Hollywood for a little bit and came back. And, you know, early 20s, like, now what do I do? And so I actually ended up getting a, a job at Wurzbo in 1988 at the warehouse. And so I ended up actually filling orders, uh, you know, sweeping floors, doing all those things, and then moved into the design department. And uh, because of my drafting background, going to school, I was perfect. So I started drawing lines and designing rating systems and kind of away way it goes, right? I spent about seven and a half years with Wörspo, you know, here in, uh, in uh, Minnesota. And then I worked a couple of years as a rep um, for, with a rep agency locally here. And and then I ended up going to work for Roth Industries for about four years. And then uh, in 2001, I went back to Worsbow or it was called by then and um, I was the heating product manager at Upanor for about seven years or so. Mm -hmm. In 2008 I ended up getting the opportunity to uh, go to work for Mr. Pex and Tomas hired me and to come to work for him again you know at Mr. Pex and so we started developing you know our systems as we know them today and it's been a really fun ride and you know, moving, moving into kind of an area of being a little bit more of a differentiated product, um, you know, with, with what we have. It's, it's been a great ride, actually. So, um, we're having a lot of fun. So, is Tomas still active or with the company or, or not? Tomas retired in 2017. Okay. And uh, when I took over as president, and and so he's uh, now hap- happily hanging Which, out in Dallas, where it's nice and uh, warm. <laughs> yeah, right on. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so now we, uh, you know, so we our main office is up here in Minnesota. Still, obviously, we we love it up here. It's uh, it's a it's a nice area, a little too cold at times, but you know.
0: Well, hopefully, we're turning the corner on that this year. So,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jan, I'm curious, how much has the market changed or shifted? Well, it's funny because in the early '90s, when we started pushing floor heating, um, you know, in the industry and whatnot, it was just a, it was kind of a luxury product to be had, and then you know, three to five percent of the market max, blah blah blah. And it's funny that it still seems to be really a small portion of, of the industry that has floor heating, although it's become more more known, uh, more popular. I feel like we're still struggling by uh, hydronics in general being being such a small portion of what what we do in the United States. It's been difficult to kind of fold in their floor heating with that. Um, you know the the air the furnaces are getting better um and and you know more comfortable it's not you know like it was in the old days so it's getting better however once you know somebody gets a chance to have a floor heating systems they typically would love to have another house with it um, but it's i think it's driven a lot by the um, hydronics market which is not growing as fast you know as we would have liked to have seen it so i know contractors have choices in
0: in piping why why PECs? Um, and for those that are listening and don't really know what PECS is, what are the advantages of, of PECS?
2: Well, you know, PECS well and that's the reason that Thomas Engel in the in the first place came up with cross-linking polyethylene is that when you extrude regular polyethylene, polypropylene, polybutylene, anything non-crosslinked, you know, all the molecular chains would run along the extrusion line of the product. And that's that's why there's only so much temperature and pressure that it can take before those molecular chains will basically split apart. And that's when you have a failure. Uh, If you see a polyline freeze, for instance, the split is typically the length of the pipe. That basically shows that the the molecular chains have split apart at that point. So what what cross-linking actually does, it allows the molecules to link up um, to each other chemically. And when you do that, you actually create a completely different material. So PEX-A, which is carbon to carbon, um, using peroxides at extrusion to cross-link the, the molecules, you actually create a completely different material. You create a thermal memory. You create a thermal uh, or a shape memory in the plastic itself. So the fact that you can kink a PEXA product and heat it back up again, um, and it gets regenerated back to its original shape without any degradation, you can't do that with a non crosslink product. And so, of course, Pex A um, having that characteristic, and you've seen the expansion fittings nowadays that are so popular. It basically takes advantage of that shape memory in the Pex A product that it always wants to come back to its original shape, and that is the the source. So this is the, that's the reason why they could do the expansion fitting because of that power to to hold over that that big barb. Um, the Pex. Well, there are different PEXs, right? And so, of course, we have a PEX A. There are other people that have PEX B. And there's also a PEX C, um, not very much anymore. But, you know, PEX B is a little bit different in that it actually has um, a mix of chemicals in the raw material. So when you extrude out the PEX B, it actually cures up to a cross-linking level. Um, it is considered PEX. However, the molecular chains are a lot longer within the product. And I know there's a lot of work on trying to improve that from many different companies. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's no thermal memory or, or no shape memory in, in a PEX-B product, although it is very much stronger than regular polyethylene. So, um, you know, people get to choose a little bit what they feel is important, you know, with the product. Some people feel that, you know, a PEX-A product being that it is a little bit more expensive um, is over over designed or over engineered, but I think it gives you a lot of uh, protection with regards to d- durability. And if you happen to kink the product on the job, you can heat it up rather than having to put a splice kit and so forth. So
1: how challenging has the last few years been for Mr. Pex, for your team, as well as, you know, with all the supply chain issues that have been, that we've been facing over the last six to eight months.
2: Yeah, no, I, I can appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> the, the last few years have been really interesting. Um, you know, as a smaller company, we obviously try to um, you know, grow our market and whatnot. I think it's actually been more of a well, we've we've <laughs> last couple of years grown quite a bit, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, the larger companies out there, they uh, they solidify with customers quite a bit and they have programs and so forth and, and people get loyal as, as like everybody else. But then when you can't get enough product Um, you obviously want to try to supplement your sources and whatnot and so we have gotten an opportunity to to work with a lot more people and so forth it doesn't mean that we haven't had problems with supply as well right everybody seems like I don't know of one company that hasn't had issues with supply and you know it is a little bit of a doozy because you had first a COVID issue which means uh, any COVID protocol uh, at a factory would reduce production capacity, and in, in, the, in the factory, so you run behind a little bit on that. Then you run into the logistical side of things, of shipping and and all the, <laughs> the 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 ports that are then unloading a lot of the products, if it's raw material or if it's finished product, and and they now run into you know. Uh, an opportunity to have strikes because they want to do better because now all of a sudden everybody's looking at them. And so now that's a further delay. And so we've seen kind of a compounding effect of all those things happening. So we've seen a lot of those same issues that everybody else has, although we've been working quite a bit with our, you know, fab- right. the, the the vendors and the, the factories uh, that we have, you know, supplying all of our products. And so we're coming out of the, the ground, if you will, a little bit with products, uh, you know, gaining more and more at this point. On the heating side, uh, we've done really well. Um, the plumbing seems to be such a large market. Of course, every house gets plumbing, not every house gets rating floor heating. So, so from the heating side, we've been a lot better keeping keeping inventory than we have on the plumbing side of things. So, but yeah, we've, we feel it as well as everybody else.
0: Where do you manufacture the packs? Where I mean, from the the resin to putting the you know the the piping together, the extrusion. Well,
2: the resin is pretty much. There's only so many companies that provide raw material for PEX tubing, right? And so, so there's it's a very small, um, you know, amount of of availability on that part of it. Of course, our our main factory, which is in Sweden, um, you know, we have to ship stuff from there to the United States, and you know, especially with our predominant market being floor heating and you know, snow melting and radiant cooling and whatnot. The barrier product is is the most important part for that that end of it. Uh, although the plumbing is is quickly gaining, you know, as well. Is it safe to say that Europe is well
0: importer or whatever for for PEX? I mean, they 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 seem to be pretty pretty in uh, tune with their their hydronics and their in floor heating and their you know kind of the smaller spaces that they have to heat.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been, the, hydronics being such a predominant part of what they do over there for for heat sources, uh, you know, floor heating is an easy is an easy integration for them. And so, you know, of course, PEX tubing has been around for quite some time over there, and they're still, you know, th- that's still growing over there as well. There are markets, especially in the Eastern Europe, that are still getting into um, PEX and floor heating that they haven't done before. So there's still a lot of growth for them as well. World events? Do world events play into anything? Well, only if it affects raw material production, right? And then, like we know that the PPSU for fittings, um, you know, are way behind right now, and and um, that that affects everybody. Um, so, but for us specifically, not so much. Um, our market over here in the United States only when there's raw material issues, I guess, and shipping issues. I Actually, wanted to go back to what you had said earlier: is that
0: you. Uh, <laughs> You play guitar, and,
1: uh, you know, we're looking at
0: you live on this podcast, and, I mean, you, people can't see it, but he kind of looks like James Hetfield from, uh, from Metallica, so what kind of music
2: did you play And. uh well that thank you john that's a that's a compliment <laughs> actually you know it's funny because we talked about this a little bit before we started and, and yes i i i get that a lot actually not fact, <laughs> this past weekend i was in chicago with my son for a hockey tournament and um you know several times people <laughs> come up and tell me so it's it's pretty funny but yeah no i i love i play pretty much anything i uh, okay uh rock and and the blues and and whatnot um
0: I think Love when my- you talk to people, you got to go, how you doing? Nah. You know, you got to get that, <laughs> that end to it. So they, you know, they really think like, oh my God, maybe that is James. Go. Uh, I got to work on it.
2: I don't have any <laughs> neck, neck tattoos. So that's pretty much a yeah, dead yeah. good <laughs> That's
1: right.
0: That's right. You know, we interviewed Ingrid last week on the podcast and oh, she good. sings and all that. Yeah. Have you ever played with
2: her at all or no no we have talked to her quite a bit though of course she always loves singing you know i worked with her for many years and so i know her really well and and i'm really happy for her that she has this band to sing with now because she's she's a good singer i mean do you still keep up with the guitar i mean are you a little bit
0: fluent in uh playing
2: I, uh, you know, I bring my acoustic out more so than anything okay. just to kind of dink around, you know, and so forth. And uh now and then the electric comes out. But, you know, they have this really fun program. And maybe I don't want to deviate too much from the topic, but um they have this program here locally called Rock Camp for Dads. And mm. so people like me that used to be, you know, active in the 20s, now they they have families and real jobs and they can't really do the band thing. You can go there and sign up for a, for a camp for a month, and uh, you, they put you together with the drummer and the keyboard player and the bass player and whatnot. Oh. and you tip a, you pick a topic, a band or a genre, and you have like a set of of tunes, and then you go on stage after a month. You practice for a month together, and then you have a concert, and then you're done. So you don't have to fire your band members at all you just yeah move on to the next one yeah that's that's pretty cool, that's <laughs> pretty <laughs> cool.
1: that is really cool I, yeah. it, at some point we were going to get into some of your hobbies but i guess we now know what one of your main hobbies are <laughs> yo yeah
2: yeah, yeah. no yeah, <clears throat> love fishing but um and um and guitar but it seems like i don't get enough time to go fishing
0: maybe you could combine both of
2: them <laughs> Bring the guitar on the boat. There you yeah. go. Serenade but- the fish. Yeah. Serenade the fish so they can, you know, come closer. Yes.
1: What am I talking about? I don't know. Well, you mentioned being in Chicago for a hockey tournament with your son. Um, is hockey a big sport of yours? Big uh, fandom of the uh, the wild up there? Or you uh, follow yes. another hockey team?
2: Nope. No, the wild is my team right now. Of course, growing up in Sweden, it's really big. Um Hockey is probably the most popular uh, sport in Sweden outside of soccer. Um, So, of course, coming to the United States and living in Minnesota, of course, the land of hockey or the state of hockey, as they call it. Um, It's uh, hockey. We have two hockey players um, and uh, we watch a lot of hockey. So, but it's fun. We love it.
0: Did, did I see that you were recently with uh Foley at a Capitals game? Right? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> were they playing the Wild or was it just They a were. Cap?
2: They were. Oh, okay, so that cool. that was the funny thing cuz I I was going to make a trip out there and then he said, "You know, the Wild are playing. Let's go." So we yeah. went and unfortunately for Dan, the Wild beat the Caps. So, you know, I'm sure uh, he's going to get a chance to 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 beat me back up on that at some point, but you know. I just saw
0: one one of the I forget the guy's name. Tim helped me out with the Russian guy who who just got
1: Alex Ovechkin.
0: I think he just got hurt. Actually, I have a neighbor who lived down the street from me, Tim in Sycamore. He moved to um, Wisconsin, and he goes. He's got season tickets to the Wild now. And like within one year, he turned his back on the Blackhawks. Now he's a Wild <laughs> fan, so he goes all he goes every like weekend, and he's got his you know hats and jerseys. And I'm like,
1: whoa, what a traitor! I, I was a, a when I lived in St. Paul was the inaugural season of the Wild, and I had season tickets for the inaugural season. That's which amazing. was really cool because I lived like about five minutes from the arena, the XL, when they were building it. So that's awesome.
0: Jan, what's next? What's next for Mr. Pex in the next I mean, what do you see in the next few years or, you know, long term?
2: Well, we just keep plugging away, right? And so we we try to um, I just hired a, a regional sales manager. Um, out of Phoenix, as a matter of fact. Oh, Tim. And uh, so we're trying to diversify a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I have another regional guy out of Tennessee. And so I got myself here. And we, you know, we're a pretty small crew, but we uh, we cover a lot of ground. And I think with, with everybody's, um, you know, history and background and technical knowledge, I think we we bring a lot to the table where – as you probably have heard from many it's very tough to find people that have any experience or knowledge in the industry and so so we try to put the uh, the personal touch to what we do being that we're a smaller company we want to um we want to basically have a great product um we want to have a, a a, a decent price point. We want to have good support and service, and and uh, with good technical knowledge, be able to talk people through it. And I think the offering, the product offering that we've worked through right now is is pretty solid. And and we keep working through it. And and uh, recent, the most recent product that we offered was the um, the wireless control package. Um, you know, which is really an interesting. You know, wireless has come a long way. And you know, in the 90s, there were some attempts to do you know, wireless zoning and so forth. And it didn't get um, a lot of traction because it wasn't working super well. Nowadays, things work so well. And so we've launched that package, which is, you know, slowly but surely growing. And uh, great product. I think Eric has had a chance to play with it a little bit. And yeah, and uh, I'd like to get a little bit more exposure on it to get people to see what it really can do.
1: We see you and your team at AHR every year. Um, Where are some of the other... Uh, trade shows and or events where someone in our audience might be able to interact with uh, your team?
2: Well, we typically we don't do a lot of trade shows, to be honest, because being a fairly small team, um, you know, and that's a pretty big expense to do the big trade Mm -hmm. shows and whatnot. Right. So we do the AHR, Of course, that's that's near and dear to the heart. And that's where everybody comes more or less. We try to, to make it, uh, you know, travel to the to the areas um, and uh, interact with people on the face to face level. We we try to do that uh, as best we can, working together with wholesalers, you know, trying to get contractors and, and wholesalers together and, and do events, trainings, whatever you know is required and just trying to meet everybody. So it seems like a lot of wholesalers have events. And so we try to be a part of the events and supporting the the wholesalers, um, you know, bringing, bringing the product to the local market.
0: Jan, you mentioned Tomas had started uh, Wurzbo in the basement in, in uh, Minnesota. I'm just kind of wondering, you know, he built that up and then started another company to compete with the same type of product. Did he ever talk about like, that process or how difficult that might have been, or you know, that whole
2: Well, it's, it's tough for me to talk for Thomas, but what uh, my, of course, my experience having been um, a friend of his and then a colleague and a trainee, if you want to call it that um, you know, he he loved the United States. And mm-hmm. of course, when. Um, you know Upanor took over uh, Werspa there was they owned as you may know, they were more of a holding company at that I point gotcha. than an actor in the industry, and so they owned a lot of the different companies in the industry like rti and and uh, you know Plasco and, and many other companies, right? In Europe and so forth. And and uh, Thomas was actually asked to to go to their uh, world headquarters of Hot Water Division in Geneva, Switzerland, to uh-huh. oversee the technology aspect of all these different companies. And and he was at that point not really ready to leave the United States with his family being here and very established. So he basically did not re up um, with okay. them. Okay, so. Uh, Basically, Upnor coming
0: in was the impetus for him to to try something different. I guess.
2: Yeah, I guess, and yeah, I could you could say that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he <laughs> um, he did have an opportunity to uh, to help Roth Industries uh, get mm-hmm. the tubing division started, um, and as a matter of fact, he hired me to work with him to do that for a while. And so in, in 97, we started the Roth Industries tubing division. And, and, um, and that's, you know, at, in, at the end of, of that, um, those four years, you know, he got the opportunity to, to start up his own company. So he left Roth at that point And then I ended up leaving as well and went to yeah. work to open our show. Um,
0: well, I think the next time we have Jan, Jan will have... Tomas if he's interested because it's it uh, to me it's interesting interesting story it is he's an innovator man and he you know he done a lot in the industry moving to you know different companies and starting different companies and and you know you too man I mean you you're you're doing great work, and Thank so you. yeah, we
2: it is fun, and it's a great industry. And I got to say, my uh, lifelong friends that I communicate with, of course, um, are from this industry, and mm-hmm. you know, and of course, I even hang out with some of the people that you know with with Upenor, and you know, you know that Upenor pretty much seeded a lot of the companies in the market right now in the industry. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of people came through there, and so they're super many good friends. And it's funny with whenever we have the AHR Expo, it seems like we all collect and and all reminisce about the early days and whatnot. And um, yeah, it's good. It's a it's a good good little family. I yeah, we need to get Jan to bring his guitar next time as well. <laughs> well, all
1: the guys
0: from Taco you know, uh, you know Barba, Barba
1: and Holdorf and and uh,
0: Mayo all came from there, didn't they? Oh mm-hmm. uh, Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. One big brotherhood. <laughs>
2: <I tell you. laughs> so, that's cool. We had a lot of fun back then, and we're that, you know what <laughs> in those early days, I, I, anybody you talked to that was with Worship back in the early nineties, um, and even the even the late nineties, uh, early two thousands, even um, there was a camaraderie and an energy um, that couldn't be missed whenever yeah. you walked around, right? And so I loved I loved that um, chemistry that everybody had, and my i've always wanted to kind of get back to that you know pull yeah. pull down the corporateness a little bit and get to the people you know behind the scene a little bit and make it more personal i think i love that part of it great way to look at it
0: sounds like a yeah a great uh way to look at it well Jan, thanks so much for jumping on i know uh you know we are interested in the story interested to learn a little bit about mr pax <laughs> <laughs> and uh, le- learn a little bit more about you and and what yeah. you do for the company. So thanks for uh, for hopping on, man. Yeah,
2: thanks you know, for joining, thank you guys. We appreciate it, Here yeah, Mister Pex, getting the opportunity.
0: <laughs> well, we'll, so. we'll definitely have you on again down the road, and um, have a great day, man.
2: Yeah, just let us know when.